Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of It's Too Wordy, the comic book podcast where three buddies discuss comic books from their childhood and today. I'm Kirk. I'm Ryan. And I'm Nick. How we doing this week together, guys? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's a struggle, but everybody's feeling it. Yep. Got a bad case of cabin fever. Not good that the weather's getting nice, so it's getting harder to want to be inside. So, all right. So, this week we're, we each did a separate book on a character that starts with the letter A. And for the water-based heroes, we all did our own again. So who wants to go first? You. All right, I guess I'm going to go first. <laughs> the first one I'm going to do is uh, the letter-based one. I picked up a while back an issue of ALF. It's ALF number 17 from July 1989. And what makes this comic book so unique to me is it takes place 30 years in the future future in the year 2020 in the month of April. What issue is it? Number 17. Wow. And basically it takes place it's just the usual Alf shenanigans and They're talking about how they're having to keep him hidden, and they decide to do a, what would our life be in the future, right? And so he goes 30 years from, from his time, and he basically flies in from New Melmac, and like I said, pretty much turns into... It turns into Alf trying not to be discovered. And even though 30 years in the future, you'd think aliens would be discovered in that world, but I guess not. Um, yeah, it's uh, not much really happens in it except for <laughs> him being a, being a spaz. Um, but I did enjoy it. It was fun just for... A little bit of lightheartedness. Um, so if you could find Elf, go ahead and pick him up. I, I think it's a he, he's a pretty fun read when you just need something that you don't have to think too hard. Yeah. Most of the issues are reasonable, too. I think there's just that one. The one where he looks like he's humping a dolphin or something or an octopus? Or... Yeah. For whatever reason, that one's just unbelievably expensive. Alright, and then for my water-based character, I did Iceman, and I went old school on the Iceman. I went his four-issue mini-run. The thing about this one is I could only make it through one issue. <laughs> 
I like Iceman, but I, I only made it through one issue. And he's basically in the Defenders at this point. And he's going home for his dad's retirement party. And he's trying, it's a lot of mutant hysteria. And they use commies quite a bit in this book. Those darn commies. And pretty much he goes, goes home, goes to the party, meets a girl, which is, you know, when you know Iceman's history, having the, the uh, having the, the foresight of being in the future, it's kind of funny how he's trying to hit on this girl. And pretty much they get attacked by an alien duo, and he gets in a fight with his father and his family. And then goes and meets the girl. He goes and talks to the girl next door because he storms off. And the aliens attack. And the house is destroyed. And it ends with Iceman about to get arrested. Now, I could read the first issue. Because it was it was, it was pretty it paced pretty good, but oh my god that second issue I was like oh lord I can't do it so I was gonna I was planning to do the whole mini series for today but um, yeah I couldn't make it through it could be it was a horrible story it could be I have really bad ADD going on right now where I can't keep my mind on one thing at once. Or what? But if you like Iceman, you can try to pick it up. I I like the first issue. Let's just put it that way. That's what I got. <laughs> Nick, you want to go? Sure. <clears throat> so for my A character, I picked Aztec, the Ultimate Man. Um, I'm doing number two from September 1994. And this one I think Ryan would really like because it's Aztec and Kyle Rayner going after Major Force after he put Jennifer in the fridge. Ah. And it's early Morrison, so it's actually readable. (laughs) (laughs) And... Aztec's a really cool character. If you ever get a chance, the graphic novels are really cheap. There's only 12 issues. Um, Go out, pick it up. I mean, he became a member of the Justice League for an issue or two. And he's never really gotten his due. So second, my aquatic character is Triton, the Inhuman. And I grabbed my copy of Tales to Astonish, number two, from 1978. It's a reprint of Namor the Submariner number two. And it starts out with Namor just going around like he just got blown up in a ship. And uh, he spots a submarine off close to him and he goes to investigate. And 
The submarine is also really close to Attilan, which is the home for the Inhumans. And so they send Triton to go look. And the submarine is piloted by Plant Man, which is this goofy 70s, 60s Marvel villain who controls plants. Uh, so wow. Thing goes, typical Marvel, you know, superheroes come together, they have to fight because there's a misunderstanding. Villain does something stupid and gets himself noticed and gets defeated. And Namor and Triton become good friends and they go off on a couple more adventures. It's good, it's long, it's wordy, it's early Submariner. I mean, you have everybody. You have Vashti, you have Dorma. Um, uh, Atlantis was just destroyed, so they're out looking for a new home. I would recommend going out and finding this. Go find uh, Marvel Essentials Namor. They're really good. They're really fun to read. They're cheap. You like, yeah, they're really cheap. So yeah, go ahead and go check that out. All right. All right, what do you got, Ryan? Well, on my A character, I went a different direction than I was planning on it. But uh, I went with Animax. Nice. <laughs> it was goofy enough that I'm like, okay, I enjoy this. I'm going to do it. Um, so it's Animax issue two. Uh, it's from Star Comics or Marvel, the kids version. And it's from February of 87. Um, this is just crazy. This was a toy, wasn't it? Yeah. Okay, I thought I vaguely remembered these as toys, but... Very short-lived. Uh, yeah. But the premise is that there's these characters that when they put on this animal helmet, they can control tank-like animals, like a tiger tank or a rhinoceros tank or a lion tank or whatever. Um, and then the bad guys are just as ridiculous. This was just crazy. Uh, actually, Walt Simonson wrote this. I just saw that. Wow. Um, but apparently in issue one, the lion driver is, they thought he was dead. They bring him back to life, but the lion tank doesn't realize that he's not dead. So he gets on this road to go basically kill himself. And so the tank driver is trying to catch him in time to stop him from killing himself. Obviously, they they get to him in time and they go back and save the city and everybody's all happy, lovey-dovey. Um, it's absolutely ridiculous and unbelievably fun. If you can find them, I'd definitely probably pick them up. I'm not entirely sure how many issues there are of it. I know there's at least two. Uh, but, yeah. Um, and then I did Captain Cold for my water-based character. Nice. And I picked up Flash uh, Series 2, issue 19, from December 88. And... 
It's called Party Time Flash. Welcome to the Rogues Gallery. So, apparently, uh, Captain Cold has decided to go the way of good guy in this issue. And they're thro- and all the rogues are throwing him a party to for changing his mannerisms and all that. And they invite Wally West, or the Flash, to the party. So Wally shows up with a date, and all the rogues are like, what in the world are you doing here? And uh, I'm trying to think of who actually sent him the invite. But uh, one of the characters sent him an invite to the party. And so you got to see Wally interact with the rogues. And they were talking about how um, some of them have a lot of um, animosity towards Barry and what he did and um, with stopping them and... So Wally's date goes, well, don't you have a problem with Wally then? And they're like, oh, no, Wally's a different person. I don't hate the, I didn't like the person. I did, I like the, you know, I'm okay with the Flash. I just didn't care for Barry because he apparently killed the top at one point or something. Um, and you get to see all the really goofy heroes. There's the Gentleman Ghost, uh, Captain Cold, um the jester or not the jester, but, uh, Oh, who's the one I was trying to think of? Uh, the rainbow. What was his name? Nick rainbow warrior or whatever. Which one? Uh, can't remember, (laughs) but he's all dressed up in the spectrum guy. Yeah. Um, captain boomerang. It was just a really entertaining read um, because you you don't see like just hanging out interactions with the rogues and the Flash character. You usually see him kind of, you know, battling a little bit. And I think that's one of the reasons I love the rogues for uh, the Flash because they've always made those characters something you can relate to a little bit. Um, this only cost me like three bucks. This, this is an amazing book. I would definitely tell you to pick that one up. Nice. All right. So now it's time for everybody's favorite segment, the random read. The, So, who wants to go first? Let me guess. It's going to be me. Well, I can. I don't care. No, I'll go first. I only have one. I went really old school for my random read this week. I went X-Men number 14 from November of 1965. Whoa. And it's called Among Us Stalk the Sentinels. It's the first appearance of the Sentinels in the X-Men universe. So it starts out that the X-Men are all 
recovering from their injuries because they just fought the juggernaut. Um, Beast is walking with crutches. And Iceman's in an ice chamber. Um, I'm not quite sure what Cyclops is doing because he's got this bubble over his, bubble helmet over his head, but I'm not sure what's going on there. Um, the professor is putting them through their paces, and he tells everybody that they're going to want to hear this, so, you know, he tells Iceman to get out of his ice chamber, and he's sending them on vacation. Because they've been fighting villains so much that he's sending them on a vacation. So we know how that always goes. Um, then it cuts to the press talking to Bolivar. To, uh, it's Bolivar Trask, right? Anyway. <laughs> it's Trask. So he's the creator of this, the Sentinels. And he's telling them about the mutant menace and mutants need to be wiped out and they need to be wiped out now. And then you cut to uh, Iceman and Angel and Iceman is taping up Angel's wings to his body so he can, he can look normal. Uh, then it cuts to Cyclops just getting his pair of Ruby Quartz glasses. And our lovable beast is Prefer here. And he's trying to put shoes on that are on his, you know, two big feet. Um, they go down and Cyclops, you can tell that there's a dynamic between Cyclops, Angel, and Jean Grey at this time. And Cyclops knows, doesn't think he can compete against um, Warren Worthington um, because of his money and his good looks. And he wants to ask Jean to go with him on vacation, but she he chickens out and she leaves for the train station with Warren in his Mustang. Cut to Professor X looking at his uh, newspaper as the mutant menace. Um, he wants to debate Trask on TV. They put him on TV. Trask introduces his Sentinels, um, tries to demonstrate on Professor X what would happen if there, he were a mutant. And Trask tries to command them to listen to him and they turn on him because the only way that the uh, the only way to protect the human is humans is to eradicate them against the mutant menace. And it cuts to the X-Men fighting them. Um, Cyclops destroys a cab because he heard Professor X's call. Of course, you know, vacation cut short. And they fight the mutant. They fight the uh, the sentinels, and pretty much what happens is they end up um, 
defeating the, the uh, Sentinels for a period of time, and then they show up outside their secret headquarters, and that's where it ends. And this issue is significant because it becomes the monthly... X-Men becomes a monthly comic book. It, it was so popular back then that it became a... It became a once a month. They would be like one every two months, and it became a monthly book because the popularity of the book was so good. Um, I enjoyed this. I got it on the Marvel app for $1.99. And, um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. It was a nice, quick read, and I give it a 5 because the Sentinels are one of my favorite ex-villains of all time. That's cool. Yep, they have the whole entire run um, of the Uncanny X-Men for $1.99 an issue. Wow. So, I was like, yeah, I'll pick this one up. So, that's what I had. Awesome. Yep, they were in their prime right then, right before they went into reprints. Wow. Uh, Nick, you want to go? Sure. So I've got three. I uh, I picked up She-Hulk number two from 2014. Let me say, the cover is great. It's painted. Inside, horrible. I can't even <laughs> read it. I can't even look at it. It looks so bad. It's Javier Polito art and... This man does not know human anatomy. He can't draw a face. He can't draw a body. His buildings are okay. But anything other than that, you're a second-rate Mike Allred. (laughs) And being a second-rate Mike Allred right now, for me, is horrible. Because I don't even like Mike Allred. (laughs) So... Can he draw feet, Nick? Can he draw feet? I will show this to you. And he can't even draw eyes. (laughs) Okay. So I'm not even going to review the story. Because, yeah, it's got one of my other favorite characters, Patsy Walker Hellcat, in it. I can't even look at it. Okay, number two. I picked up Freedom Fighters from DC, the 12-issue maxi series that came out a couple years ago, probably 2019. Starts out in 1963. Of course, this is Earth-X, where the Nazis have taken over, and they finally have rounded up all the freedom fighters and executed them on panel, right? So you see a doll man tied to a post without a head. He got it shot off. You see the human bomb on fire. You see Black Condor with three bullets in his chest. Book is brutal. Then it skips, it shows, you know, a street in New York, and it looks just like the Uncle Sam from the Uncle Sam book that we did. Like he's downtrodden, he's weak, and he gets attacked by a whole bunch of, like, Nazi SS plastic mans. And he's like, okay, good soldiers never die. They just 
fade away and he skips through time for 50 years and re and puts the freedom fighters back together with the kids of the original ones. So it's, it's really good. I mean, I didn't think I would like it, but that's just the first issue. And yeah, you can go out, find it. It's Robert Venditti. It's good. And the third, I finished volume one of the terrifics. Yeah. It's one of my favorite series right now. Really? Yeah. I mean, after reading justice league Europe with metamorpho and his, his wife Sat- Sapphire and his her crazy father, it picks up almost right there. Right. So metamorpho is still hanging out with Sapphire. They're still having problems with their dad. <laughs> <clears throat> it's crazy. Like, Mr. Terrific's an asshole. Plastic Man's a goofball. Phantom Girl, or Phantom, yeah, Phantom Girl can't control her powers, so she's always in Phantom mode. The, the team works. It's weird. I mean, it's DC's Fantastic Four, but it's really good. I picked up volume two, and I'm going to read that pretty soon. The only problem is I'm not sure if I like Tom Strong or not. He's a big part of part two. And I like Doc Savage. I don't know if I can like his ripoff. But you never know. I changed my mind about a lot of things. So maybe I'll like him. All right. That's all I got. Uh, Just going back to the She-Hulk. I love that run. Did you? Yeah. I hate that artwork. I'm not crazy about the artwork, but I does, did like the run. Does it get better? Or does, I does he so. leave? No, I think he's on it throughout. It's one of the few times where, you know, how, how bad. It was one of the few times where the artwork, I could get over it because I enjoyed the story so much. And it doesn't Maybe I'll just often. read it then. Yeah. Maybe I'll just push I was thinking it. that was the series you were talking about, and I looked it up. I'm like, "Yep, that's the one." Oh, <laughs> yeah. We'll, I'll, I'll 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 give it another chance. I'll read it, but I that's going to be a struggle. Yeah, I understand. All right. So I've got two. I have Masters of the Universe uh, by DC. So this was before uh, Marvel picked him up. And is issue number one um, from 82. And I've got the Marvel version as well from 84, I believe. And I like the DC version a heck of a lot more. Um, They didn't make Prince Adam a bumbling putts he's actually kind of like a player so he's always going out with girls and stuff um and that's why he's never around he's not really scared of anything he's just involved with you know self-involved um if you think of the he-man action figures uh tila 
has that snake costume on. She's yep. actually the um, sorceress in this, which is how she actually started off. And then Tila, the character of Tila, was a man of arms daughter still, but she was just wearing like a bikini. Oh. Skeletor looked like actually frightening. Um, it it's like a He-Man meets Dungeons and Dragons type feel to it, where it's not that goofy cartoon where all the characters are really just wacky, you know. Um, Battle Cat, all he wants to do is, you know, when he's in his normal self, he all he wants to do is like sleep. He just doesn't want to be bothered. He's not a fraidy cat. Um, Zodiac, one of the lamest characters ever, actually really badass in this. It. This is just fantastic. DC did it right. This is what it should have been. And this is what the character, the comics were like with the characters when you bought the action figures too. And then once they put it onto television, they went into that goofy Saturday morning cartoon style. Uh, yeah. And you lost some of that edge on it. Uh, I think I picked this up a while back for like 15 bucks. It's the first time I've ever seen a DC Masters of the Universe, so I wanted to pick it up. And yeah, well worth it. So if you run across it, definitely pick it up. Uh, the first one's in, was it DC Comics Presents? It's like one of the only real expensive issues where He-Man meets Superman. But definitely try to pick that one up if you see it. And then, I'm, I bet you know this one, Nick. I'm, I've never heard of it. I picked up Still Town Rockers. Oh, yeah? <laughs> from 1990. <laughs> yeah, Carl. <laughs> How's that? Wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> this was... A dumpster fire? What's that? <laughs> no, a dumpster I wouldn't say, fire. I wouldn't say it was a dumpster fire. Per kindling? Se. It, kindling worthy? Kindling, possibly, yeah. 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 Um, about a kid that wants to be in a band, or uh, wants to leave his town. Um, feels like he's being held down, blah, blah, blah. And he plays the guitar. And he's a, what, only the only person that's able to make money for the family or whatever. And uh, he's got another good, better guitar on hold that he's making payments on. And he goes into the guitar shop and somebody else is playing it. So he goes over and kind of yells at him. And the guy he yells at turns out to be somebody he becomes friends with. And he introduces him to his brother and they start to form a band and he decides he's not going to leave town, so he trades in his bus ticket to California for money to finish off paying off the guitar. And he ends up listening to somebody playing 
um, I think a saxophone or something, and asks her to join the band. It and you're waiting to see how they all play together for the second issue. That's how it leaves off. It's wow. This may have been the time Marvel ran out of ideas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, it it's something else. So if you ever have the opportunity to get this, don't. All right. So now we're going to move on. I'm sorry, Ryan, was that all you had? That's all I got. Okay. All right, now we're going to move on to the list. It is the top ten heroes who can beat Magneto. I'll go first. See if you can pick up on the pattern that I'm putting in here. Okay, number ten is Genus Bell. Number nine, Captain Marvel. Carol Danvers, or his father, Marvell, Darkseed, Odin, Thor, Green Lantern, Franklin Richards, The Phoenix. Number two is the X Men minus Wolverine. That's just bad writing. Bad writing, Marvel. <laughs> and then number one, is Professor X, because he's the one who unleashed Lancelot onto everybody by going into Magneto's brain. So, space cops or gods? Um, I was thinking more like Hal or Kyle. Well, no, I mean... Is that your theme, that it's just either God-like characters or space cops? Sorry, you were cutting out. What'd you say? So is it your theme? Is it more like like God-like characters or space cops? It's that... more like God-like characters and space cops. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yep. Okay. Yep. All right. I'll go ahead and go real quick. Uh, Ten. Superman. Nine. Wonder Woman. Eight. Four. Seven. Shazam. Six. Doctor Strange. Five. Plastic Man. Four. Martian Manhunter. Three. Galactus. Two. Doctor Fate. One. Doctor Doom. Nice. All right, so... Number 10, Aunt May. Oh. He has to sleep sometime. (laughs) (laughs) So anybody could kill Magneto. (laughs) Number 9, Plastic Man. Hello? Good, I thought I lost, got cut off too. Nick? He's still showing on this. Are you able to still hear me, Kirk? I can hear you just fine. I think he's... He's muted himself, so I'm wondering if he's having a coughing fit or something. Oh, okay. He just got so choked up about the Aunt May thing. 
Yep, he just started laughing so hard he couldn't. Huh. I'm going to text him right now and see if everything's all right. Yeah, I thought he might have been kicked, or kicked back on by now. Well, in the meantime, who are you thinking for a character next week? Um, I haven't figured it out yet. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at, too. I might just text you guys and let you know, because I have no idea at this moment. Yeah. Um, there's a whole bunch of them out there, I, and all I can think of are the same, like, five. Yeah. So, for top ten, are we doing A's? Yeah, let's just do that. Obviously, like, Q characters could be a challenge, but we'll get that worked out once we get to that point. Yep. <laughs> then what, uh, what about a B, char- uh, B character? I was going to try to find some obscure Marvel character. Cool. All right. Yeah. I already got my C picked out. So, no, the, I was looking at that Marvel app and I was like, ooh, look at all these books. Right. They're like $1.99. I'm like, I could start collecting all of these digitally. Because I know I ain't going to be able to touch them physically. Yeah. That's the nice thing about digital for the older stuff at minimum, you know, at least that uh, that might be high dollar that you want to check out. Yeah. Okay, he unmuted himself. Are you here, Nick? Nick? Huh. Well, I was really excited to hear his top ten since it started out with Aunt May. I know. I, I really wanted to hear the end of this thing. You want to go over your top ten again, Nick? Is he ghosting us? Uh, he might be. He's like, screw this, I'm out of here. <laughs> I have nothing after Aunt May. <laughs> he can't hear us. Oh, so he got back to you? Yep. He's talking to me on Discord, telling us just to finish the show, because he can't hear us. All right, so no so, uh, old time. No, um, I did have some news this week, if you yeah, want to talk got. about that. Um, the first thing I read was on Bleeding Cool. Um, about digital codes for comics, which would, what it would be is like when you buy a video game, you have the card, you know, and it has the code on it, you enter it into the system for download. Mm -hmm. Side to that would be that it would also give you a, a voucher. Okay, so it just doesn't, he doesn't think it's recording us. Says it's recording. We'll just pretend like it is. Uh, basically, what it is is um, you would be able to take that card and um, redeem it for the physical copy when it came out later. So this is the comic shop getting the money from that? Yeah, that's what they're saying. They're, they're basically building a database of every comic book shop country. And you would just pick uh, you would just you know pick your store and then they would get the money for it when you would re- you know when you bought the digital code. Hmm. 
I don't know how it's going to work, but that was something that they're throwing around, so if something like this happens again. Well, and I think I think that's a good idea if it does is something that happens again. I don't know if now's the time to do it. Just yeah. Because, I mean, looking at the news, I've seen at least three or four different comic book co- shops throughout the United States saying that their doors are shut. Yeah, you know, Bleeding Cool goes out and puts this list, or whoever goes out and puts this list together of shops. The yeah, shops was, may not exist. It wasn't Bleeding Cool. It was I can't remember. It was some company, right? That was going to do it. Yeah, I agree. It it just wouldn't make any sense right now. Right, but, but yeah, um, I think it's a good idea to kind of have that in your back pocket down the road. Yeah, it's a, that's what I thought, too. Hey, guys. Hey! Nick's back! <coughs> yeah, I had to run upstairs. Hi. Hi. Hey, Sophie. Did you want to do your top ten again, or do you just want us to finish? No, I just got to finish. Okay, and then the other thing I got was Jim Lee is auctioning off his sketches to help comic book shops. You know, they certainly need the help, that's for sure. Yep, so I thought that was pretty cool. So, that's what I had. Did you have anything? Um, no, not really, no. Okay, well, then that's going to wrap it up for us. If you like what you hear, um, give us a like, uh, subscribe, leave a review. Um, yeah, have fun, read more comics. It's been Kirk. Ryan. And Nick. And we'll see you next week, guys. Bye. Bye. Tabby Paw Pie for me before bedtime.